So today I'm going to talk to you guys about visas, residency visas, how to get into this country uh, legally. <laughs> so uh, let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome to One Way Ticket to Spain with your host Dickie Barcelona. This is a podcast about life and living as an immigrant in Spain. Thanks for tuning in. It's Dickie Barcelona here for episode three. We are talking about visas and residence in Spain. Uh, it's going to kind of be a general overview of visa options, and uh, in later pods, we'll go into more specific details. But this is kind of just going to touch a little bit of everything uh, so you can have an idea of what might be a good fit for you and if there is a fit at all. So let's start with, uh, let's quickly talk about EU member nationals, um, which no longer includes the UK. Uh, now it's considered third country after Brexit. So EU member nationals, uh, anyone in the EU can come and go as they please pretty much uh, for vacations. And they can stay in other member states for up to three months with no, you know, really nothing no no notification or anything but after three months um, depending on what their status is if they're a student uh, worker um, etc what they usually need to do is like register uh, with the local I guess city hall town hall I uh, here it's called the ajudamiento and uh, so that way they're registered they can get on the health care and, and you know everything else that you need to have while you're staying in Spain. But generally, most people from other areas of the world need to get visas. The level of difficulty in obtaining a visa depends on a lot of factors. Uh, whether you want to work or study, just live on your savings here. Essentially, the type of visa you can apply for depends on, on, on what you want to do here. Another factor is what is your country of origin? Uh, it's usually easier um, depending uh, if you have family ties here, uh, if you come from a, uh, a former Spanish colony, uh, which is a lot of you know countries in South America, Central America. Um, that sometimes helps. It definitely helps um, for getting Spanish nationality later on. The process is quicker. Uh, another factor is, are you intending to relocate to Spain alone or with you a partner or family? That's another big uh, question. And another factor, which is kind of peculiar, I guess, but uh, it depends on which consulate you apply with. If you ask people who've been through the, po been through the process, um, some of them found some uh, consulates or to be really easy to work with, less restrictions, and others to be really difficult. So those are the general factors um, that you need to consider that will affect the difficulty in obtaining a visa. Uh, we are going to generally talk about 
the visas and the process and what it entails for most people. We will talk about permanent residency and nationality in another podcast. You can also be a resident indefinitely here in Spain without applying for nationality, so it's not like obligatory. You could be a resident uh, for 30, 40, 50 years, and you're not obligated ever to apply for Spanish nacionalidad. Um, so like I mentioned before, being a citizen from a former Spanish colony or having a Spanish parent or grandparent or getting married to a Spanish national can make everything much easier and much quicker. And the situation is obviously different and the process is also expedited for refugees. Um, so those are categories. Those are things we won't necessarily go into. We're going to go into the general uh, visa requirements and the types of visas. So it affects most people. Uh, the former um, Spanish colony uh, nationals or people with Spanish ancestry and the refugees, we can talk about that in another podcast as well. Although I think it uh, pertains to a lot less people. So the general requirements are you must be of legal age, over the age of 18, essentially. Uh, you must not have any criminal history or on your record. Uh, you must have uh, never been re refused a, a Schengen visa in the past. Um, and you must have health insurance while you're in Spain. So the depending on the type of visa you can get, uh, you'll be able to... Uh, apply for the public health care system or you will have to have private health insurance which is pretty affordable compared to most most places if you're accustomed to paying for uh, private health care uh, let's start with the Schengen visa so everyone kind of has an idea of what it is it's for people from uh, US and various other countries not on the visa requiring list they can stay within the Schengen zone countries for 90 days without a visa um, it, basically the Schengen zone is some of the countries in the EU uh, you can look up the list and it'll tell you which ones they are and it's basically for vacations and holidays you're not allowed to work or basically generate any uh, revenue or, or study or anything while you're here on the Schengen visa it's basically for sightseeing spend some time here visit whatever and that's it um, it's important that you do not come, you know, on a Schengen visa, which is what, you know, you would come if you just made a trip to Spain and do any sort of work or anything like that. Because if they are uh, to find out, you'll never get a residency visa of any sort. Um, and it's quite possible that you can have your Schengen visa revoked and won't have the possibility to visit Spain or the EU in the future. So it's imperative that you kind of respect the rules and you know as long as you do that there will be no problems so anything more than 90 days within a 180 day cycle is considered a long stay visa um so that's essentially most of what we're going to be talking about those must be done applied for uh from your home country they must be a theory done uh, when you haven't been in Spain within the last uh, 90 to 180 days. So if you happen to get a new passport, 
that's great. Um, and it also has to be more than six months from the expiration date on your passport when you do apply for the visas. Um, depending on what visa you're interested in, you, you, you can look at the requirements. Um, you know, you'll have to get all your paperwork done, everything translated um, and notarized um, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, take it to your local um, consulate and you'll go from there. So student visa, let's start with that one because um, a lot of people are interested in coming as a student. You must be a full-time student. Here, that is a minimum of 20 hours at a recognized school. And that doesn't mean like one of these random language schools or, you know, uh, you know, a sailing school or any of that stuff. It has to be like a real uh, university, so or or some sort of like secondary school. So it has to be recognized. If if it is to study Spanish, there is university classes where you can study Spanish. Um, so you have to have a minimum of twenty hours uh, weekly, and you must have the financial resources to cover all your living expenses uh, and proof of it while you're here for the duration the student visa for however long it may be six months one year um, they can essentially be renewed indefinitely i know people who've had them renewed for years and years and years as long as you can prove that you have those financial resources um, to cover your living expenses they do allow you to work a little bit but it's definitely not uh, enough to survive on so Regardless of that, you can't really plan on it being um, a way to prove that because it won't really go towards proving your financial uh, resources um, to cover the living expenses. So you'll have to have all that uh, ready to go and to be able to prove it. So residence visa for an employee uh, or a worker, um, Quinta Hanna essentially like you come over you work for someone else and, and you know they pay your salary and all that kind of stuff just like you would lots of other places in the world you need a company in spain to sponsor your visa uh to be able to do that they need to prove that you are the person they need and they can't find anyone else to do that job in spain or really the you do that job uh, so it's really a hard thing to do. So if you're looking at jobs and applying and you may, uh, be a good candidate and they, you may have some interviews and they may be really interested in you. I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's next impossible. You know, after the 2008 crisis, it was very complicated here. And now with the COVID pandemic and all this kind of stuff, the level of unemployment, it's incredible. So it's really, really, really difficult. I'd say close to impossible, but hey, you never know. Um, it does incur a lot of extra steps um, and work on the part of the company and a cost is involved. So they really... Uh, have to want someone and not be and, and essentially be able to prove that they can't find someone here to do the same job so that's probably not going to be viable for very many people um the the other residence visa um 
to do with work would be uh, a self-employed residence visa, which is called uh, autonomo. Uh, so if you're self-employed and you want to come and start a business or, um, you know, work uh, here in Spain and, and, and set up something here in Spain, uh, what you're going to need to do is have a proper degree or title in, in, in your field of work. You need to have bank statements to show that you are financially sound, that you can pay for all your living expenses, and um, and that's that'll be for the, the, the duration of, I think normally they check it for a couple years. So if your visa is for one year, it will be for one year. It, it ends up being a two-year visa. Afterwards, they'll do it for two years. Um, so you need to be able to prove um that you that you have liquid assets um your project business plan um showing the 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 financial gains and the employment generated here in spain that's it's it's imperative them that you're bringing something to the economy so if you don't have a solid business plan and you can't prove that you're going to make an investment and generate uh, a return and hire people more importantly generating employment is very important uh, then it's going to be really complicated for you uh, the licenses or permits uh, relating to the business in the necessary area if you're planning on opening uh, for example a and b you need to basically essentially have your licenses and, and permits in place before you get the residency. So a lot of times you will essentially have to build a business, invest the money um, to do whatever you're going to do, and you won't get the visa until after you've paid for all these licenses. So it's a heavy investment. And the related fees uh, – paid for these these um, permits and licenses so you're you're not just getting the approval you have to pay the permits and everything like that before you leave and get the visa so it's complicated um, it obviously involves uh, a, a deeper commitment financially and uh, time wise you gotta have a fair amount of patience anything with to do with uh, getting licenses and, and, and permits in Spain can be a very slow, tedious process. So it's not, um, you're not going to walk down to the city hall and get it um, on Thursday, for example. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So keep that in mind if you're looking um, to be self-employed, that those are uh, the, the factors that um, will play into that, into that visa. Visa to reunite a family member with a legal resident. This is probably the uh, easiest uh, visa to get if, if you're already in the situation. So this is a visa that is possible for a legally married partner and children under the age of 18 of either person. Uh, it's also possible for parents of the legal resident if they are dependents and you can justify why so if if you've married a spanish person um you can get a visa to come over and as well as you can bring your kids um if you are a, a spanish resident and you want to bring your parents over uh 
you can do that if you can justify why they are your dependents. So it's it's a little bit of paperwork, but this is it's it's a pretty viable option if you're already in the situation. I mean, if you have to find the person to legally marry, well, this is it's it's a different situation. But um, if you're already in the situation, this is definitely pretty viable. The non-lucrative or retirement visa. This is what a lot of people are really interested in because they find kind of a way to um, come over and, and take a sabbatical from work or or whatever it may be um, because the, the restrictions are, well, they fluctuate a, a bit depending on the consulate, but they're pretty clear. You need to prove uh, that you can pay all your expenses um, and you must prove this this financial solvency with bank statements and, and showing all your liquid assets and, and they require a certain amount per month. Uh, and you must pay into the system for health care, depending on age and health con- uh, conditions. So I think for some ages, they don't necessarily, it's a little more complicated and you have to go with private health care. But in some cases you're definitely um available to using the public health care system but you have to pay into it um as us who live here while well, we pay into it with our taxes but essentially um when we go to the doctor we don't pay so uh you cannot work at all uh with a non-lucrative or retirement visa it's ideally a long holiday retirement um a sabbatical whatever it may be you can also uh, not remote work. So, I mean, I know a lot of people are are wanting to do that, especially since COVID hit. You know, a lot of countries are even offering that as an option. Uh, it used to be really easy to do that in Spain. A lot of people would get this non-lucrative visa and work remotely. But as uh, remote work has become more prevalent worldwide in society with a varying... Uh, amount of, of, of careers, Spain has really cracked down on that. So they will not um, allow you to remote work. And if they were to find out that you were remote working, you would obviously lose your visa and probably um, be banned from returning to Spain and the EU uh, indefinitely. So they're they're quite serious about this remote work thing. So this non-lucrative is generally if you can prove um, that you're, you know, financially able to pay uh, everything, you can come and stay and it's it's not an issue. So a lot of people do it uh, if they want to retire early as well, because Spain is, you know, uh, for Europe, a uh, pretty affordable country. So why, th- you know, depending every year, these things, these things change. But I would say for one person per year, it's somewhere between, uh, I guess, around 25,000 euros, give or take, that you have to have liquid in your account to um, to be able to secure the visa. So it, it, it really depends, you know, you check it out, but it's, it's a pretty, common uh visa that people want to come to spain and and and, uh retire early or have a sabbatical it it works pretty well for those people so then there's some residences with the exception of work visa they're um 
for academic, scientific, religious. These are basically if uh, you're like a, some sort of visiting professor, a scientist, um, a nun or a priest, and you can work in that exact position that you're brought over for a determined period of time. So um, if it's six months, it's six months, but it's not something that um, can just be extended or, or anything like that. It's a, it's a very specific um, type of uh, visa, and you're only allowed as you – with some visas, you can change jobs. Um, this one, you would not be able to change your – for whatever reason you're here working, you would not be able to do – uh, change that. Residents for highly qualified professionals. These are specific professionals that are required to for work, but with Spanish companies. Uh, you must be requested by the company. It is a specific visa applied for by for a specific person. It's not like a job posting you would answer. It's specific. This will be done for you. Uh, this also doesn't apply to a lot of people, uh, but if it does apply to you, you'll know. And the company that's trying to employ you will know if they can bring you in for this type of visa. It's also highly specialized kind of thing, so it's not really um, something that you're going to run into uh, too often. So another is residence for educational or research activities. So these are activities in the field of research, uh, ac academic activities in universities um, and other tertiary uh, educational institutions and scientific and technical activities in public or private uh, research and development institutions. Uh, so these are also pretty specific. Um, and if this is something that you could see yourself, if you're a researcher or a professor um, and there are specific uh, projects and things you're working on, this could be a way uh, to find uh, an opportunity to move to Spain uh, for one of those opportunities. Residence for intra-company moves. This is... Uh, for an integral position within a multinational company, but with an office in Spain. So if you're working in New York uh, or London or Berlin, well, Berlin doesn't matter because it's the EU, um, let's say Tokyo, and your company has an office in Spain and they want to bring you here, it will be for a specific uh, position and they will also have to you know, prove that they need you for this position and that uh, it would be beneficial for you to work in Spain. So this is something you'll know um, because if your company can provide this for you with an opportunity, uh, if, if they're posting an opportunity that is in Spain and you're interested, you can talk to them about it and see if it's something that would work. Um, a lot of times it's another one that's difficult to get the visa. So it depends if they can pull it off and, and you're fortunate enough to, to get relocated and they pay all your 
moving expenses and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, I mean, it's a pretty awesome opportunity. So you just have to run with it. So the last two visas that I'm going to talk about are what are kind of referred to as the golden visa. This is, um, it seems like it's probably out of the, the range of reality for a lot of people, but if you're patient and, uh, take your time and plan things accordingly it, it's probably more so um a viable option than 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 one would imagine at first glance so the first of the golden visa is what they call residence for capital investors so for this you have to invest either two million euros in spanish bonds a million euros in spanish banks or a million euros in shares in Spanish companies. Um, so, or you can also invest in a new business that will offer employment opportunities, contribute to scientific and or technological innovation and have a relevant socioeconomic impact in the area where the business will be undertaken. So there's lots of areas in Spain that could definitely um, use an injection of a new business that would offer you know employment opportunities a small factory a manufacturing plant of some sort a construction business of you know something like that um so those things if you're already uh doing that somewhere else you know if you have a you know an investment that you're going to put 500 or a million into something uh those things will all be taken into consideration, especially if it is one of these businesses that has the scientific and the technological innovation that they're looking for and the, and the socioeconomic benefit. So that's, you know, a real possibility for some people. Most people, it's not. Uh, the other one is residence for real estate buyers, which is another golden visa. It is for a property value of a minimum of half a million euros so if you think about it for for a minute most um mo depending on where you are like in a big city most big cities um in the uk in the us in australia it wouldn't be difficult to buy a house that had a property value of at least half a million euros but if you're interested in in moving to spain in 10 or 15 years instead of um, going through a lot of other visa options, if you're just planning on buying a house anyways, and you can buy a house for 500,000, even if it's a two-family home or an apartment building, whatever, that can uh, validate that half a million of a property value, you can start planning it now and start saving and investing um, just like you would for buying a home anywhere else. So it's not that far-fetched. It's, it's not like, oh, if someone says, hey, you want to buy a house for half a million tomorrow? No, it's not that easy for most people. But if you do a little planning and um, are patient and, and you're not planning on moving to Spain next year, you're already thinking it's going to be in 10 or 15 years when you retire, well, keep that in mind. It's a, definitely a viable option. So that's a general overview of the different visa options for residency in Spain. Keeping in mind that the majority are for one year, um, then they can be renewed afterwards as long as the requirements are, are maintained. The first year and the two following two-year visas are considered temporary visas. 
after that, the visa will be a five-year long-term visa. During the course of one year, you cannot leave the country for more than six months if you want to have your visa renewed. So at the time of applying for the long-term visa, you can be outside of the country for a maximum of one year cumulatively for the previous five years. So this is imperative to keep track of as they will thoroughly monitor it. They will go through uh, all your passport stamps. They will count the days you were outside of the country. And if you were over even by one day, you will not be um, eligible. I mean, they just, <laughs> that's it. Um, so keep an eye on that for sure. Um, the long-term visa allows you to be outside of Spain not more than 12 months continuously and not more than 30 months in total during the five years. Um, and after that long-term visa, you will be able to apply for the permanent visa. That is for 10 years with a two-year consecutive allowance outside of Spain. And at that point, you can have that visa indefinitely or Depending on where you're from, after five years or ten years with that permanent visa, you can apply for nationality. So at some point, we'll get into more detail about the specific visas, um, but this should give her a general idea of, of what they are and if one of them could be a good fit for your situation and um, get you over here to Spain. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, I appreciate everyone if you have any um, comments, give us a rating, uh, send us a message or an email. And one of these days we're going to, we'll do like, um, a question and answer session as well. So thanks again. And, and, uh, hasta la próxima. Just a disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It could be full of completely true factual information or bullshit with a little bit of opinion thrown in. So Take everything with a grain of salt. Do your own research and speak to the proper licensed people when needed.